Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. How's it going? Uh, to the Cosmic Coffee Shop. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. How's it going? To the Cosmic Coffee Shop. <laughs> I'm really glad that timing worked out. I hope you guys are all having a simply swell and lovely day. Um, we're back We're back again. Um, just like last week. We've done it one more time. Made it through another seven days. That's right. Somehow, somehow we did it because... Good God, it it's tough sometimes. Good, good golly. <laughs> good golly, oh gosh. Right now, college feels like the summer camp vibe of like the week is really short, but the days mm-hmm. are really, really long. Yes. And yeah, you get through that. a day and you're like, man, that was a long day. Oh, it's Friday? That's How did that happen so quickly? Dude, my weeks have been just moving so, so weird and rapidly. Like Monday comes around and I'm like, oh, it's Monday. This week's going to be so long. And then all of a sudden, it's Sunday again, and I've got yeah. so much work due. You feel like you're just Lightning McQueening your way through college. Just, it's <laughs> so quick, but also so difficult. <laughs> Georgia, I know no one will really understand this, but you got your rep sheets done yet? I, uh, like one and a half, one and a half rep sheets out cool. of the way. We're, that is. We, ha- we have to like write a paper for every song we sing, basically. Um and every every year I've been in college, this is my third year of college, and I every time I go, I'm going to start these early because I know that they take a while. And every night around Sunday night, when I know they're due tomorrow, I go, ah, crap, <laughs> time to write two start papers. You know, it's so funny that you do it like that because I do it very similarly. Um, I think we all do. It's kind of a shared experience. Well, ex- except the difference is you're like, oh, damn, they're due tomorrow. I should start tonight. And I go, oh, damn, they're due tomorrow. I should start tomorrow. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I do. I, I work two different jobs on Mondays. I, I go from scene shop and then drive directly to my teaching job. Um, so any homework that's going to happen on Monday nights is just like a no-go. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Uh, so because I'll get, if, even if I get home I, like on time, I'm ridiculously tired. I just have to give up. I watch 30 minutes of The Bachelor with my roommates and fall asleep in a beanbag. You know, honestly, that's a, that's a good way to yeah. do it, though. 30 minutes of The Bachelor, I mean, that's just enough, like, poison. Enc- really, 30 minutes of a two-hour episode tells you all you need to know mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. about The Bachelor. It, it clears everything up. I've, I've, not, I've not needed to ask more than two clarifying questions, like, a season. <laughs> Everyone's it's a, mean. It's a good show. Everyone's mean, and they want their man. Yes, the one man, the one remarkably average fellow. The Bachelor. Yeah, The Bachelor. Uh, so, so, th- so this, this, uh, I, I was gonna say like this week, but like this alt of time going forward, uh, Dakota and I wanted to try out a kind of new structure for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So every month we're gonna move to doing two special topic episodes and two interview episodes. You might have noticed that with our last couple of of uploads, where we've done an interview episode, we talked about some movies and such. Um, but we liked how it was going. So we're like, oh, well, let's just stick with that. So today we're going to be doing a special topics episode about myths and talk about our favorite myths. That's right. Uh, but yes. before we get into it, Georgia, I want to know, what did you learn this week? Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for asking. I learned <laughs> that Frankenstein was a lot scarier when it came out. Um, what? So, so the Frankenstein book by, mm-hmm. um, Mary Shelley. Say Mary Shelley. It's I Mary feel like Shelley. she has an initial in there. I have it. I know it's Mary Shelley. I have it on the desk of, well, desk shelf. Wow, words are hard. When Mary Shelley, can we just address really quickly that Let's Sam Rod is in the room? Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's killing me. Hi. I so he would introduce himself. I will. Okay, because the last intro, you guys, I 
I started speaking after you guys did the intro, so I just kind of assumed it was the same. But if I'm free to talk, I'll you know, I, you know, I'm here. Hey guys, what's up? So, it's me. I'm this, back. Did you miss Sam me? Sam just walked in the room, and then I, I was, I was like, you have to be on the podcast now because you're in in the room. Um, so he is. <laughs> this was not planned. It was. It was True. not. I. I felt bad because I was like, "Yeah, you can just sit over there and play Smash yeah, while we record." Smash in the <laughs> but and now I feel awful about that. Yeah, Cody put me in the shame corner, and, and honestly, <laughs> yeah, my feelings have been really play Smash. <laughs> Oh man, but you, yeah, you if only you only get to play as King K. Rule, and you get no other character <laughs> options. <laughs> if you remember uh, the episode discerning why your boy's sad, that was mm-hmm. Sam Rod's interview. Today's going to be a yeah. little bit different because he's just going to be joining us for the special topics. Oh, yeah. If you want to yes. get to know Sam Rod, go listen to that episode. And Absolutely. if you haven't already, what are you doing? Yeah, we God. talk about dinosaurs, and that's we the best topic ever. Carnotaurus. But yeah, give me that fact. So, Mary Shelley wrote uh, Frankenstein at the time when science was like, Hmm, what can we do new with this thing called science? And so there was this thing called galvanism, where basically scientists were like, huh, if I put electrical currents through a dead thing, the dead thing moves. And maybe I could put a lot of electrical currents through a dead thing, and then they would come back to life. Because they interpreted this movement of a, of a dead body with electrical currents going through it as it slowly trying to come back to life. And, and so we know now that it was, is really just a, a twitch and it's, it's activating the muscles. And that's why, you know, you, you put an electrical current through a dead body and the arm twitches. That's just that's kind of a natural it. process. It's not actually it coming back to life. But right. at that time, uh, galvanists were convinced that they could bring bodies completely back to life. And so Mary Shelley took that concept and then wrote a story about it that seemed feasibly true. And it was terrifying because the story seemed feasibly true. And so when people were reading it and they were like, oh, crap, that could happen. They were they were absolutely like freaked out. So now when we read it, we're like, OK, we call the science fiction because we know mm-hmm. that can't happen. We progressed past a point in science where we know that's not true. Um, that's but cool. science fiction wasn't a genre when it was written. It was right. the first science mm-hmm. fiction book. And so when people read it, they went, oh, crap, that's a, that's a prediction. That's a prophecy of what could happen with galvanism. And it was really scary. Um, that's so, yeah. that's, really that's cool dope as hell. I thought so. On that topic specifically, just like um, galvanism, read Stephen King's Revival. It's mm. got a, it's got that same vibe. In fact, like I think a lot of it was inspired by Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, but it's got a lot more cosmic horror in it, and like mm. deals more with the afterlife. It's it's really cool. It's a good read. Uh, highly suggest. I'll check it but, out. Well, I'm actually. Know, I'll be frank, I probably won't, but I will look no, up a that's synopsis. Okay. I just don't like how Stephen King writes about women as a whole, because it just weirds me out. But, like, I think his concepts are really cool. His concepts are cool. The monsters he makes are awesome. The people that are monsters that he makes are also, well, they're really just terrifying. Yeah, usually. Yeah. That's why <laughs> I couldn't get through It, because the first, like, the first three yeah. chapters of It with, yeah. with what's her name, with, with grown-up Beverly is, like, so mm-hmm. brutal. It's rough. Yeah, pretty pretty much any any part of it that doesn't have the clown in it is much scarier than the bits yeah. with the clown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, both in the movies and the the, the clown's scary as well. <laughs> I was scared of the that was my first real big fear. Okay, it's it's different. Yeah. My friend Ethan just tormented me. Uh, he told me that it was real. That that's the first time um, I ever heard about it at yeah. all. He's like, "This is a real thing." There was a clown killing kids, and I was like, "Oh, oh my God. Uh, no." 
if I was, um, I don't think I had, like, one of those fears. I didn't watch a lot of, like, TV or anything. I remember my sister had a fear of the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yo, that shit was Um, terrifying. His nose. If you haven't seen that scene, like, go check it out. Um, Maggie, if if you're listening, it's, I I, I remember you being very afraid of the child snatcher. No, that shit scared me. Oh my god, now I'm just, okay, no, no, I can't sink down this rabbit hole. I was about to go on like nine other things that I was scared of as a kid, but... Oh yeah, I, I, I was pretty much just scared of drowning, and I still am. <laughs> My big one was Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th movie. Really? He, I know, I know. He well, never got to me. Okay, so my dad's a really big fan of horror movies, and I am now as well. I love horror mm-hmm. movies. I used to not. I used to be very scared <laughs> of horror movies. Um, and I don't remember whenever the the Michael Bay Friday the Thirteenth movie came out. Oh, I want to yeah. say two thousand nine. I saw that trailer so often, <laughs> and I think because there was a part of me that was so enamored with the idea of the horror movie that I was oh, yeah. also like terrified of it. I was like, oh snap! Like there's like this this silent like evil murderer, and like he's just gonna he's just gonna go roughshod on like some teenagers, and there's <laughs> yes. nothing they can do about it. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. So uh, inevitably, where this ends is that the first horror movie I watched was the original Friday the 13th, Ooh. which is real oh fun. And I haven't seen any of the other ones, funny enough. And that's okay. You don't need <laughs> to. Jason Voorhees is not in the first one. Nope, he is not. Oh my gosh. The only thing that like spooked me a lot as a kid, like I remember being very like frightened, was the um, the library scene in Ghostbusters. Um, really that was, like, oh, the first, okay yeah that was when i that's when my parents realized very quickly that jump scares were not going to be a thing that little georgia was going to handle well <laughs> because like i had like a complete meltdown <laughs> over i think mm-hmm. it was like the surprising noise of it because like if yeah. i watch it without sound it doesn't bother me at all but it was just that it was like ah and i was like mm-hmm. oh no okay it bothers me so much. it's the cry. laziest way to so, make a horror movie <laughs> now that we're on this rabbit hole I, I'm gonna I'm gonna expose myself here. Uh, the first time I ever was terrified of a jump scare. Y'all ever seen the movie The Great Mouse Detective? It's a Disney yes. movie. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one it's where the, the naked people are in the one, um, in the one window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also you. You remember that little bat that was like the big rat's little henchman? Oh, I only know the Easter egg. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that motherfucker in the opening scene, he's like about to about to attack the main character not even the main character just a character doesn't matter point is this bitch busts through a window and his teeth are like you can't you can't see that description but i just held my hands way far above my face too far scared the shit out of me and i ran upstairs locked my door and cried for a few minutes and i was like it's fine though it's fine and that was a Disney movie, so that's that's where I started. Did at. he yell "Oh yeah" like the Kool Aid Man? <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! This is do a special topic. Do I know what topic. the Kool Aid Man sounds like? No. Do I think my <laughs> guess was probably accurate? Yes, I do. It was pretty close. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. In the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, recently, the new <laughs> weird impression that's been going around the house is "Oh hi, Jimmy's mom." <laughs> <gasps> You know why? You know why it is? It's because my little Alex Manley, the man's so good at that impression. He is. He kept doing it at work. And Max has it on video and kept like, he's like playing around the kitchen. Um, oh, that was not my, my best Jimmy's attempt at it. Mom. Yeah. Oh, hi, Jimmy's Would mom. you like a question? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the current impression that's drifting around the home. That's um, a good time. Anyway, we've all said what we're scared of. I'm scared of jump scares. I'm scared of being scared. That's what I'm scared of. Um, Now I fear nothing. Ever since reading it and then watching the movies, I fear nothing. um, I'm still afraid of drowning. I'm cautious of heights. I wouldn't call it a fear, 
but like there's a there's a level of caution there there's definitely you there there's a level yeah. of caution for sure like if it's really yeah. high up but like i used to jump off my garage roof for fun so yeah i'm well that's yeah. not a height that's, it was that's it was level. it was like 10 feet high it was 10 feet that's, off the that's ground. a level i'll jump 10 feet I'll fair enough Fair enough, but I like jump ten feet every single time in my life. <laughs> I jump ten feet in the you wake air. Up That's because well, that, you rocket through your ceiling. Yeah. You're ten feet high. Mm-hmm. That's because Samrod's like, immortal. It's not fair. Anymore. I just like I just launch myself <laughs> ten feet. That's the best way yes. to wake yourself up. I feel like you're wide awake after that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, man. So absolutely. And you, you fellas, have you learned anything? I, I I have learned this fact. At some point in my life, and I'm gonna say it was this week. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know giraffes. I do. Are you gonna tell the fact that I told you? Did you tell me this on the show? I don't think I told you on the show, but this let is, us know. This if fact. So, this is a giraffe listeners. fact that we were just talking about. Well, I'm gonna mention the one that you okay. told me we, first. We had a bit of a, of a giraffe fact. <laughs> Conversation. conversation earlier. I think we're going to do a giraffe fact sound off if this isn't the one that I know. Actually, Sam, why don't you tell the one you told me? Because I don't remember it exactly, mm. but I do know it pertains to mine. Uh, yeah, so my giraffe fact is that uh, giraffes have the largest heart of any animal because... I have an associated giraffe fact. Hell yes! My, my, yes. Mine is associated too. Because, you know, the blood needs to get all the way up that long-ass neck. Right. And so it needs yeah. a really big heart to, to do so. And I think that's cool as hell. It is. Yes. And the, the fact that I had that goes along with that. So giraffes have a sponge like thing at the. Sh- that's yes. 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 We have. We're just so synced up. We got those facts. Fortunately, I have a second giraffe fact because I never go anywhere when I'm not packing giraffe Fuck. facts. Yeah. Without three. We, we're <laughs> up yeah, to three to giraffe three. facts and that's kind of sick. So that sponge at the base of the brain is there because if a giraffe ever bends its head to, you know, drink water, eat grass, do whatever giraffes do closer to the ground, uh, that gigantic heart that Sam was just telling you about would pump blood straight into the brain, completely killing the animal, if they didn't evolve to have a little spongy membrane right below their brain, so it'll stop the blood from hitting their brain and doing any actual damage. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. Giraffes are cool. And Georgia, I mean, the, you have a the third. The secondary function of that sponge is that if they get startled by something like a predator and they lift their head up really fast, the blood mm-hmm. doesn't rush back down to their heart, so they're they don't pass oh. out. So it like wow. it slowly as well. It's it's like a double function. My secondary fact is that giraffes have one of the longest tongues in the animal kingdom. It's on average about twenty four inches long, and it's blue. Wow. Oh, mm. I do. Yeah. Oh, giraffe yes. tongues are cool. What guys? Why are why are we even trying to do a podcast? Can we just go be zoologists only for giraffes? Fortunately, I as a child collected so many animal facts. I don't need to be a zoologist. I know it all. I don't actually know it all. I'm sure every zoologist <laughs> know knows more than me. Everything. But I, I feel like I have a really high number of animal facts as a 21 year old. And that's cool. I've got a high number of dino facts. Not as not as high I've as Sam's. Got, yeah, I've got I've got one or two. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my dino facts were harmed by the fact that I am dyslexic and can't read the name super great. Mm. <laughs> so like I knew a lot <laughs> about fair. dinosaurs, but I can't match them to the dinosaur. So I just kind of gave up on dinosaur facts as a whole. Fair enough. That's valid yeah. though. But I love See, dinosaur I just, facts. I just love I see like names and I love memorizing shit. It's just something I'm like kind of good at. 
So so yes. I just saw like these weird ass dinosaur names and I was like, whoa, like you can just <laughs> Therizinosaurus is the name of an animal that once lived. Like that's so many <laughs> syllables for one thing. Whose idea was this? <laughs> or like, yeah, this shark was called the Helicoprian. What? <laughs> Please tell me it you had know? like a fin that stuck no, out. No, 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 no. Even just... better, it had a jaw that just its bottom jaw just <gasps> coiled. Oh, in on itself. oh yeah, it's yeah. just a circle. It's just That's like a cool. circle, which is gnarly. Yeah, I saw that on a thumbnail <laughs> in YouTube. Gnarly. Yeah, like deadliest sharks. Just very cool. Cool. Yeah. All big, right. Big well, fan of sharks. Oh, and yeah. uh, also big fan of dinosaurs. We like animals. <laughs> yeah, we, we love we those do. animals. They're better than people. Let's just be honest here. Well, you know what's so crazy and includes an animal? It's my myth. Really? Mm, Let's get yeah. into it. Go ahead. It's, hop in. So so today we're going to talk about our favorite myths. Um, please <laughs> go to our Instagram and share your favorite myth. Tell, us, tell us the story that you want us to learn more about. Because I think mythology is simply so fascinating. And so when I was a kid, I was super into Greek mythology. Um, as most kids who grew up to be theater majors were. <laughs> Fortunately for you today, I will not be telling a story about Greek mythology because I thought it would take too long. So today I'm going to tell a myth from Hinduism, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be like a multi-part thing because like you, when you talk about Greek mythology, you go like, ah, yes, Zeus. Everyone's like, ah, yes, Zeus. But you guys probably aren't <laughs> going to be like, ah, yes, Vishnu. I'm familiar with that entire what is important is I took a Hinduism class my freshman year and I became really fascinated with the mythology of it because Hinduism started as an oral tradition. So a lot of these stories that we hear, a lot of these myths that we hear were spread from generation to generation through a spoken methodology. And then over time they became written. And so this one is specifically from one of the epics in Hinduism called the Ramayana, um, which tells the stories of uh, Rama, which is a avatar of Vishnu. Vishnu is part of the Trimurti, which is like three big deities in Hinduism. One is the destroyer, one is the creator, and then one is the protector. And so Vishnu is the protector. And Vishnu has all of these uh, avatara through different time periods where Vishnu will be reborn on Earth as this divine person or, or human or, or such. And in the Ramayana, he is Rama. And with Rama um, is reborn his wife uh, Lakshmi who is the goddess of wealth and prosperity and she is reborn as Sita if my pronunciations are bad I'm sorry it's been a while <laughs> since I've said things correctly I'm gonna drink some water because my mouth got really dry all of a sudden so that's a little bit of a little bit of background so the character of the story is Hanuman and Hanuman is a deity who is a monkey and he's very, very cool. So Hanuman is the son of a wind god. And so the wind god, he's, he's born and he has the powers of the wind god. Um, and he's very interested in learning. He's, he's very creative, but he's very, very powerful. And so when he's very young, he sees the sun and he's hungry and he thinks that it is a fruit. And so using his wind god powers, he flies to the sun and tries to bite it. And then one of the other gods realizes that he's trying to bite it. And so he strikes him with lightning and he falls to the ground. This is where the myth uh, kind of deviates. It's where he gets his name because Hanu has a translation where it means lightning. Mm -hmm. And so that's where part of, his, part of his name is. 
Um, the, the myth deviates here. Some stories say that he dies and the wind god gets angry and takes wind away from the world until his life is restored. Um, some stories say that it, it causes him to forget that he has powers and he has to rediscover that he's a divine being. The, his entire origin story is not in, incredibly important to the specific myth we're going to talk about, um, but it's kind of cool to, to hear that he's very powerful. So some of the powers that Hanuman has is he has wind god powers, he's... Um, very smart and articulate. He functions exactly like a human, despite having Body of the Ape. Um, he's one of the very few uh, zoomorphic deities in Hindu tradition. So most deities in Hindu tradition are, are um, anthropomorphic, which means they're deities that look like humans and have some like animalistic traits. But uh, Hanuman, it, it looks exactly like a monkey. He can grow very, very big or go very, very small and have these crazy changes in size. And he has super strength. He's incredibly strong. Dude, that's so cool. He's like a superhero. Yeah. So that's the basis of Hanuman. So our story starts when uh, Sita is, this is the wife of Rama, when Sita is kidnapped by a demon Ravana. Uh, and so this demon takes Sita away. And so Rama rages a, a war upon the demons. Um, and so in the forces against this, these evil forces in, in the uh, army is Hanuman and the monkey army. And so they're all fighting against this uh, terrible force that is kidnapped Sita. And so in the course of this war, some of the things that Hanuman does is uh, burn down an entire village in which the demons are presiding uh, as a threat to Ravana saying, if you, if you don't return Sita unharmed, you know, we will burn down everything that you have. Um, and so he becomes this, like this, this fierce warrior. And in the course of the battle, Rama's brother dies. And Hanuman is a healer. Hanuman is a healer. And he knows that there are these herbs on one of the Himalayan mountains that can revive Rama's brother and save his life. But it would take too long to get there. And by that time, it would be too late to revive the brother. But he has this super speed and this flying ability. So he quickly flies to the mountain because he knows that the herbs that are needed will glow in their own light. But when he gets there, the entire Himalayan mountain is, is lit up with these glowing herbs. And because they're all glowing, all the useful ones, he can't tell exactly which four he needs. So oh, he picks that... up the whole Himalayan mountain oh, and oh. flies back. Just in case. Brother. No, that's the smart thing mm -hmm. to do, for sure. And and he saves the brother. <laughs> and over the course of the war, Sita is recovered and returned to Rama. Uh, Rama's brother is, is saved. And all these things have happened. And the, all of the monkey army and all of the court are, are celebrating with Rama. The monkey and, army. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Totally. And, and so Rama is, is showering them with all of these gifts. And most of, of the monkey army are leaving. And... Rama asks Hanuman like what he can give him as as a um, as a thank you as a congratulatory gift, and Hanuman's like oh, oh nothing you you can't give me anything like I'm I'm completely devoted to you as, as my deity you you can't give me anything, and so Sita gives him one of her necklaces one of her personal necklaces and, and some stories Whoa. say it's diamond some stories say it's pearl, some say emerald. <laughs> yeah, this part of the myth is a little weird because it's not exactly in. It's not always in the text of the Ramayana, depending on like where it's told, but it's it's a pretty vivid image that is that is shared through a lot of um, like like Hindu imagery. So basically, what happens is Hanuman gets this necklace, and he starts biting on on the the jewels or the beads. And Sita's like, "What are you doing?" And he's he's like, "These are worth nothing if, if Rama isn't inside them." 
if Rama isn't in the beads, because because I can't wear anything that doesn't have the the blessing and the spirit of, of Rama and Sita, my deities, in it. And so people start making fun of him, and they're, they're like, it, well, you wear your body, and if your body doesn't have Rama and Sita inside it, then you're not truly devoted. And so Hanuman tears open his chest and As shows everyone his heart. And on his heart are Sita and Rama sitting on his heart. Whoa. And everyone in the court sees that Hanuman is the most devoted to his deities of Rama and Sita. Um, and they're, they're overwhelmed by his devotion. And that's why he becomes this special deity in the, the story and, and within the Ramayana. That's so cool. Yes. And so uh, uh, Hanuman is, is still um, a very celebrated deity in Hindu culture. Um, and there are many uh, temples and, and areas around India that are overrun with monkeys because they have learned over time that no one will harm them in those spaces because they see them as a version of the deity of Hanuman. And so when they see those monkeys out in the wild in those areas that are sacred, the the people in India will not touch them or harm them, even though they're incredibly annoying because <laughs> they see them as Hanuman. Um, and That's so amazing. that is one of the many stories of Hanuman uh, kind of broken up into little weird parts, but it's one of my favorite myths in Hinduism. Ah, I love that. Hell yeah, that's sick. That's really yeah. cool. It's it's very interesting. I, I've I've enjoyed learning about all these <laughs> different myths. I definitely want to get more into Hinduism and like the myths there and the mythology of it. Yeah, um, the there's brief less foray consistency I did, like, a month in or so ago was, was really fascinating. Specifically, oh, yeah. I watched a, I watched the a J. Robin Oppenheimer clip about the you know now I am become death the destroyer of worlds <laughs> and just like fell down the rabbit hole of trying to like learn about what that actually meant and seeing like it's yes. it's place in the vedas is really fascinating oh yeah yeah it's 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 really 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 fascinating um i what was i gonna say oh my gosh now i am become Ray podcaster caster of pod mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah doesn't doesn't quite have the same no it doesn't have the same ring, ring. but like it's something shut up <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, man. but that, but that's my myth. Thank you guys for listening. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Sam, would you like to go? Uh, sure. Yeah. Tell mine, us the story, please. Yeah, yeah. go um, for it. Mine also involves someone getting struck by lightning. I'll, you know, if, if I don't know what, where you're pulling from, but I am going to pull from Greek mythology. I, I am as well, but that's okay. <laughs> because I'm, as I, I'm, I said, I'm coming we don't in, have a lot of that backed up. <laughs> coming in a bit unprepared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he found out he was going to be on like, here Sam, about 30 minutes ago. Sit down on the couch and tell it to all the listeners. (laughs) Uh, My details might be a little hazy, but one of my favorite myths growing up, um, and I I, I never really understood why, I guess I just thought it was cool, was the story of of Helios and his son Phaethon. And the idea was that uh, uh, Phaethon was the son of of Helios, the the god of the sun, and and a water nymph. And and Phaethon spent all this time trying to find and and meet his father. He wanted to meet Helios. And finally... um, Helios meets him and says, oh, my son, like, you know, you're my son. I'll let you do, I'll, I'll, what, what is like a gift you would like? Like, what can I, mm-hmm. can I do for you? And Phaethon asked to drive Helios' son chariot, um, or his, his chariot of, of, you know, flaming horses that, that drives across the sky <laughs> is like, you know, the sunrise and Essentially, and he was like, hey, dad, can I take the bins yeah, out for a drive? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> and Helios was like, okay, but like, I really prefer you didn't, but if you do, like, please... <laughs> Just like keep it keep it straight, and uh, Phaethon starts driving the chariot, and pretty much immediately, 
loses control of these very powerful horses that you know decide the <laughs> the sunrise and, and sunset <laughs> and ends up scorching the ground across the entire area like creates a a an enormous fire that just like destroys the land everywhere Dude. he goes across to the point where where zeus goes hey this is a catastrophe and sends a lightning bolt down and and strikes him out of the sky and phaethon falls into i forget which river but he falls into a river and uh, is mourned by everyone in his family and there's that's the end that's it that's as, <laughs> oh, at least as far damn. as i know but but the moral I of was, the story is yeah. don't take your dad's bins out for a ride moral of the story i guess is like don't stuff. be don't be foolish i guess like don't be careless yeah it, it almost seems like like the Icarus story of, of like hubris. Yes, like, yeah. Which was that was the other one I considered just because I, I that's another story I I, I love. You it's know? like don't fly too close to the sun, but this yeah. motherfucker was the sun. He was the sun for a second, and it didn't go too hot. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like it didn't said, like, go too he hot. Immediately loses control. Yeah, of <laughs> he's just like, all right, time to test this puppy out. Oh my god! And I, just, I, yeah. I think that's something I've always found so fascinating about so many Greek myths is that so many so many of them end in tragedy naturally because a lot of them are meant to be morals or Mm -hmm. explain something you know because you don't get the moral of don't fly too close to the sun if Icarus doesn't do it if he doesn't die right but I've always found it fascinating that they that so many of them end in death that the you know the 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 end result is okay you screwed up now you die like yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh boy oh boy well you're in luck I I took down a couple of notes just about uh my boy Sisyphus Y'all ever heard yes. this one before? Yeah, I've been playing I sure Hades. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is one of the most well-known Greek myths, but I also mm. wanted to talk a little bit about the philosophy that comes from it cuz you boy like philosophy. So, Sisyphus, who was he? Uh he was the first ruler of Corinth, you know, like Corinthians in the Bible. Yeah. You know, Sh- Corinth like the like island. the you know, like Corin, <laughs> like the character from Fire from Emblem. Everyone's favorite Fire Emblem. <laughs> but um, he was pretty much a tyrant. wasn't exactly the nicest ruler. He would sit there and like kill guests just because he could, and just showing other people that he was that powerful. Yeah, not not the nicest dude. So uh, the gods didn't really like him that much. Zeus, in particular didn't like the guy he was like this guy's an asshole he uh he sends him a couple of tests i'm i'm going going through the spark notes here the the big one was that he was uh ordered to be chained down in the underworld and so he was sent to the underworld and there um <clears throat> oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna no it's thanatos thanatos thanatos, thanatos yeah uh who was this a bit Yes, it does. Yes, it does. The death god with his death chains was supposed to chain him down there. But Sisyphus, oh, he was a smart ass. He was just like, hey, man, how do these chains, how do they work? Right? And and Thanatos was like, well, I guess since you asked, because, you know, no one ever asks. It's just rude. Mm-hmm. It's just rude. And I wish they would ask. That's what he said <laughs> verbatim. Um, and (laughs) so he's showing him how the chains work and Sisyphus is like, ha ha, gotcha, bitch, and chains him up. And so he, then Sisyphus returns back to his homeland, uh, where death is no more. No one is dying and everyone's getting a little bit upset with that. Uh, especially Ares, the god of war, who's just getting mad because, you know, now war is not fun anymore. Question, Uh, do they, are they like mortally injured and in severe pain are they zombies 
Oh, the people does, that are just fighting? How does the no death happening? You know, honestly, the TEDx video that I watched today about it didn't really explain. TEDx, get it together. I need to know what's happening with these plot holes. Were these mother, were they zombies? Were they cut up? No, you know what I really think? I think they're zombies. I think that's what I remember. I, I Yeah, I think they are. I think they're just like getting cut down, but then they can't enter the underworld. So they're just like there, kind of in pain, mm. I guess. I'm going to um, look it up while you guys, while you continue telling the story. So Ares, getting bored with war, goes and he frees Thanatos, or Thanatos, and death continues. Uh, well, Sisyphus now knows, oh no, I'm in deep shit. Uh, what should I do? So he asks his wife uh, to drop him in the river that was flowing through their town. Mm-hmm. And she does. And he dies. And he washes up, you know, on the river Styx. It's there that he was sent back because he bargained with the god there on the river. And he was like, hey, my wife didn't bury me properly. And it was dishonorable. So can I go back? And he did. He was like, yeah, man. No, that's cool. You <laughs> hey, can- dude, can I get a redo? <laughs> It's like, yeah, you weren't buried properly. Yeah, just just like a third time. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yes, a third Can time. We get a take three on me dying. <laughs> he goes back. At this point, Zeus is like, all right, fuck this dude. And he like singles him out, basically just picks him up, and he's like, look, man, plops him down. You're gonna roll this boulder up this really tall hill. You're gonna get you're gonna push it, and that's all you gotta do. You just gotta get it to the top. And so Sisyphus is like, fine whatever and so he starts rolling the boulder and he's rolling it for a few hours and a few days and a few weeks and he gets all the way to the top of the hill and then it just rolls back down over him and all the way back down to the bottom and he's cursed to do this for all of eternity stuck in this endless loop of a meaningless task and he's just aware of it which is super depressing now here's first of all did you did you look up about the Zombie. I did. It didn't answer it. I'm going to go with what I think is true, which is yeah. that they became like zombies-ish. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go with that as well cuz it's cool. And you know what? Fuck yeah. it if it's not the actual yeah, myth. Some, like, let's rewrite some dark history. Soul stuff going on yeah, there. yeah. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> let's make history cooler. Um so that's that's the story of Sisyphus. Now, like we were talking about before, all of these stories normally ended in tragedy because there was a moral there. I guess the moral could be don't try to sit there and trick God. Uh, but there's a better one to take from it. Uh, our boy Albert Camus, a famous philosopher in the 1900s, um, he was a big, big old fan of absurdism. And so am I. Absurdism is the idea that like, we live in a meaningless universe, an uncaring mm-hmm. universe, and yet we're aware of ourselves and our position and our life and how meaningless it is. And so what do we do with that, essentially? There's a lot of different philosophers that offer a lot of different opinions, but Camus, like he poses forward that Uh, The only way to deal with an unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your very existence is an act of rebellion. So to do that, we have to sit there and enjoy the meaninglessness of it all, essentially. Mm -hmm. He said specifically that you need to picture Sisyphus smiling and enjoying his task. I've I've heard about this before. You're speaking my language right now. No, no, no. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. meaninglessness. And it's like, (laughs) what, what you take from that, because... A lot of philosophers, they pose that, like, suicide was an option. And it's not. It's not at all. In fact, uh, Camus argues the exact opposite of that. He's 
essentially saying that is the act of just like giving in and giving up. Instead of doing that, you have to sit there and rebel against the meaninglessness of the universe, rebel against everything. And despite having no meaning and no purpose and having to do meaningless tasks throughout your everyday life just to make it by, to sit there and enjoy it instead and to mm -hmm. sit there and love where you are and the, the meaninglessness of it all. Because in that way, you're doing a small act of rebellion against the universe. And I think that's sick as hell. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's cool as hell. <laughs> Max and I have turned, coined the term fundane, which is like finding <laughs> enjoyability in mundane tasks. I think Absolutely. I've talked about it on, on the podcast before, it, it, but if not, um, in, in Dungeons and Dragons, every item is normal until you pick it up. And once you mm -hmm. pick it up, it has like purpose or it's like a magical item. So everything right. is, is mundane until you touch it. And so the way that I've been trying to like approach the, I don't like that you have to do the dishes every time you eat. That feels a bit much, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like, no, as, for sure. You're, you're just going through life and you're like, Oh, every time. Oh, the counter <laughs> will just get dirty again. Even if I clean it. it, it like, it becomes very wearying. And so if I look at that task, it's like, that's a mundane task, but mm -hmm. I am not a mundane person and there are no mundane people. Correct. Um, I'm not an NPC in my own life. Like, <laughs> I, I, and so like, this is, this is my story. This is my game to play mm -hmm. so I can make that experience enjoyable. And like, there are certain people in my life that make those experiences much more enjoyable. And so those mundane things become magical somehow because there are yeah. things that mm -hmm. you're putting like actual energy into. And I think that's part of the rebelling against how Absolutely. weird Absolutely. Oh no, that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. You see all of it, despite like you can sit there and you can choose to believe in like a religion yeah. or anything specifically. I mean, I'm still pantheist. I'd still believe like there's a universal consciousness. Sure. Um, but you know, Kimu wasn't a big fan of that. He was like, well, that's just like shutting your mind off to accept what's easy. And, and granted, I'm not doubting any religion at all. No, you're hitting the nail right on the head where it's just like enjoying those things in spite of the, meaningless medialness of it you know and you can find that in everything in your everyday life um and you kind of have to yeah otherwise it becomes a lot it becomes a lot to sit there and do the dishes every time i really like the interpretation of this myth i think it's really cool mm -hmm. i however interpret the myth in a different way <laughs> okay yeah let's do it let's hear it so I, I hadn't thought about the like interpreting this myth because like i've always thought of it in one way which was that sisyphus was an asshole right like we mm -hmm. accepted he was mm -hmm. not a nice guy. Right. Um, and <laughs> you ever think like I, I've, I've heard it from some people, but it's like, ugh, it's never the good people that die. Like it's, it's, mm. it's always, it's always like that, like that one person that you're like, oh, that person is doing so much evil and they're just around for so long. It's like, right. It's yeah. never ending. Like how long they're around. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, of course I don't like that's, that's a subjective point of view. Like there's no way to prove that, you know, good people or bad people are dying. Right. Right. But I, I do notice frequently how, how well some quite evil people can, can dodge the consequences of life, how rich they can be and how powerful mm -hmm. they can be. And Sisyphus is one of those people in this myth. He, he's doing terrible things and he's rich and powerful and able to cheat death repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He has a, a punishment that he's supposed to go through. If he is anything like the, you know, rich and powerful people that we find to be quite evil now. Hey, so the, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I had something in my throat. This is actually a really good Vince example. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're cheating 
they're not only cheating death, but they're cheating life. They're able to live a life where they do not have to do the mundane things. They do not have to live mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. those meaningless elements that you have to live through as a human. And I find that Sisyphus's punishment being you now have to make up for what you didn't do in your life. You have right. to make up for what you may have caused in mm. suffering for other people in just, oh, this is boring and pointless but you because you forced other people to be boring and pointless for your benefit. Mm, hmm. yeah i think it's kind of like an additional punishment for cheating death like like this additional element of your life and death were neither satisfactory so now you must just be bored wow no i totally i well, love I, that i that's really like, dig that actually yeah yeah i mean like i i here's the thing that's cool about myths and stories of any kind is that you mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to have the one interpretation yeah, i think of both of those are totally valid Absolutely. and totally good things to take from it Oh, yeah, I, like, I think that, that myth is, I mean, we, we know that myth is, is one of the most powerful things. Like, myth informs absolutely. ritual, and ritual informs culture, and all of these things that, that we grow into. Um, and they can be positive and negative, and they're really cool. We get, we get not only, you know, rebel against the meaninglessness and enjoy life just because, no matter mm-hmm. what situation you're in, you can always find something good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's another myth that basically leads to the same thing in Buddhism. Um but we won't get into all that. It's a whole other myth. Um, but <laughs> but you get that, but also that what goes around comes around. Mm-hmm. From the same exact myth, just two different interpretations. And I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's really cool. We're going to make a post for this episode. So make sure oh, you yeah. share your favorite myths with us on Instagram. I think that'd yeah, be sick. Yeah, let us know. I, I want to I learn more, more about them and like what you, what you glean from them mm-hmm. like now. I think what I glean from the Hanuman myth is like, I what it's it's most frequently used for is like, like what devotion can look like. But for right. me, mm-hmm. it's the the act of not being afraid to show who you are and what you believe mm. in. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, like what absolutely. You, what you really yeah, care yeah. For. Like when everyone else was making fun heart. of him, he just was like, no, no, it it's there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. To to literally bear your heart is, is something that I find really touching. Um, so I, I enjoy that story a lot for that reason. Yeah. Um, and also like pics of a mountain. Dang, that's cool. Yeah, that's right. Really it's cool. really badass. That's that's a full on anime pick moment. Up a, pick up a mountain. If I could Me pick too. up a mountain, I would pick up a mountain every day. You hey, know? to be Sam, fair, Sam, if have you have tried. Sam, if you have. The... That's fair. <laughs> I can't say I have yet, but I personally I mean, haven't here's tried. The thing, to... man. Oh, what are you doing after this, Cody? But <laughs> we can go most mountains. You know why? Because Jesus himself said, uh, "If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains." And (laughs) let's take him up on that offer. I don't know how much faith the mustard seed has, but I feel like I could surpass it. I think I could. Mustard seeds aren't that big. They can't be, right? I don't know if you remember my episode. My faith is going to be a bit low. Okay. (laughs) Hey, as long as you have faith like a mustard seed, he didn't specify in him. You can have faith in yourself, dude. Can I have faith in the mustard seed? Yes. Yes. <laughs> have faith, faith in a, that the mustard so. seed will move the mountain for me. You just chuck a mustard seed at the mountain and it just <laughs> moves it. <laughs> Displaces an entire mountain range. I mean, that'd be oh pretty my cool. Gosh. That, <laughs> yes, that yeah. would be pretty cool. Yeah. Sam, you would go that's, down that's as a myth. For sure. Ooh. I want to go down as a myth. That hey, guys, make me into a myth. I don't know how you're going to do it, but oh. do it. Heck yeah. All right. Well, I'll just never Absolutely. die. And I feel right, like that'll well, get me there. Yeah, Samurai is immortal, so... Here's mm-hmm. the thing. I won't get to see that one, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a shame. I'll be dead. <laughs> see, I don't like to think of it as immortality. I like to think of it more as, like, I just won't. Right, right, You right. know, I just... <laughs> I was, it's just not gonna Every happen. opportunity where I would die, I'll just decide not to. Yes. Is he immortal or is it just spite? 
Decide yeah, for I think, yourselves, I think and it's mostly spite. Is he immortal or is so it Maybelline? We'll, I guess we'll test that as I I'm get done. older. <laughs> yeah, it seems fair. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it yeah. definitely, definitely makes yeah, sense. Quick, hey, quick you know what? Here's my thing. Up. If you if you do just not die, could you make the rest of us myths? That'd be cool. Mm. There, then you could yeah, just start yeah, yeah. new religions after yourself because, again, you would be immortal. I feel like I'd start a cool religion. Yeah, no, I think you would. A my, pretty my chill religion. My religion would have like a free pizza Friday or something. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be like one of the number one rules. Yeah. Yeah. No, as, as it should be. Sam, Sam oh my gosh. I, I mean, I'm into it. I, that's a, that's mm-hmm. a, I don't actually like pizzas, so I'm not really that into it. But okay. um, well, then you can follow another religion. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you already do. <laughs> I'll consider yours. <laughs> that's so good. Oh good my call. god. All right, my friends. This has been a lovely episode. Thank you for sharing sharing your myths and your stories. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having Why, me thank on you. on such short notice. Yeah, yeah. Why, thank <laughs> Thanks, Sam. I'm Have pretending that I'm shaking your hands, but we are not in the same. We're shaking hands. We yes, we are. We n- this are what? Shaking. Georgia, you're breaking the illusion. No. Yeah, everyone can see how we're shaking hands. Ah, right uh, no, we're not. No, we're, okay, everybody, just drink some coffee or something. Oh, we'll see you next week.